0: Hi, I'm Edwin, and I'm Andrew. Two men, fifteen minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory, I will see. I will. Welcome to Text Talk. We're so glad that you tuned into the program today. We are doing an episode from Acts chapter nineteen. If you have a Bible follow along, you will find that conveniently located between Acts 18 and Acts chapter 20. We're looking at Acts 19. Edwin, what is our text for today?
1: I don't even know if I can read it after you introduce like that. <laughs> I am in Acts chapter 19. I'm going to begin at verse 1, which is right after Acts chapter 18 and verse 28. <laughs> but I'm going to read all the way through Acts 19 and verse 7, which is just before Acts 19 no, and verse 8. I
0: appreciate your sequential approach.
1: We're going to read Acts nineteen one through 7. I am reading from the English Standard Version today. It's, it's going to be a fun week. I can tell already. And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him, that is, Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking in tongues and
0: prophesying. There were about twelve
1: men in
0: all. This is fantastic. As we're picking up with the Apostle Paul, we're noticing something that our inspired historian Luke is doing, and that is interweaving the uh, travels of Paul and his story with Apollos, who is uh, recently introduced to us at the end of Acts chapter 18. Maybe we just review that for a second, just to observe how the, the Apostle Paul, towards the end of his second missionary journey, did stop over in Ephesus and apparently did some ministry there. He left his traveling companions, Aquila and Priscilla, there uh, at Ephesus, and and he goes on. And then we have the Apollos episode that we talked about um, in our recent podcast and the the work he did with Aquila and Priscilla. And now we find that the Apostle Paul, on a third missionary journey, has returned to Ephesus, right? And and yet Apollos has left. And so what uh, Paul is walking into then here is uh, an established congregation, albeit young and in its infancy, uh, certainly trying to learn the word of the Lord, mostly from new Christians themselves. And now the apostle gets to spend a prolonged period of time working there. And as he gets to know some of the people in the church, some of the disciples there, he finds that there has been some alternative teachings as well as some confusion, I guess, about baptism.
1: He calls these 12 men or Luke calls these 12 men disciples, which Mm -hmm. is um, a surprising name for them. I think Luke is actually using this ironically. He calls them disciples because they have a devotion, they have a commitment, and yet then he turns around and describes them in a way that proves they are not disciples. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20 explains how you make a disciple of Jesus Christ. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We're about to find out we're dealing with some people whom Luke calls disciples, but then turns around and points out that this thing Jesus had said
0: about how you make a disciple, they haven't done. I think that's a great point. You've got this people who recognize themselves as followers, But the question becomes, who are you following? And let's be clear about that. And if Jesus is your Lord, then you're going to submit and follow him and his will. So they're
1: called disciples. Luke even uses that. But by the time we're done with this, we realize they were not actually disciples of Jesus. They were actually disciples of someone else. You might say that they were disciples of Apollos. We'll talk a little bit more about that probably in our next podcast episode. Or you could call them disciples of John because the teaching that they had followed came through Apollos from John on this issue of baptism.
0: And that's fantastic. We remember that some of the Lord's apostles started as disciples of John, right? You read John chapter one, and you find out that a lot of that inner circle that traveled with Jesus actually were following John the Baptist first, but at his word and at his identification of the true Christ, they leave John the Baptist to follow the Christ. John must decrease, Jesus increases. Absolutely.
1: And here we find this this lingering impact of John, which John himself wouldn't want. John would not want this. He wanted Jesus to increase. I'm still surprised, Andrew. I, I don't know how this teaching of John's baptism continued on. I don't know how Apollos had come as far as he had come, received as much instruction as he received, and still teaching this this problem this error sure. at this point it's error i mean there was a point when it really was what needed to be taught yeah. but here we've we've moved on even john himself points forward to jesus correct this gets to the heart of the main thing that that's really jumping out at me here though it's it's amazing to me we live in a modern day where folks would say that quote mainstream christianity mm-hmm. evangelicalism yes i've got i've got my little fingers quoting here mainstream it's, it's christianity what, what dominates <laughs> <laughs> what dominates our culture called Christianity today is, while while lip service is paid to baptism in so many ways, mm-hmm. it's really dismissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there are some churches that think of it as important as a membership ritual to the congregation right. or to right. the denomination. You know, there are some folks that will say, well, look, if you would refuse to get baptized, I would say that's a problem but there are so few that place the importance on baptism that the book of acts places on it we see it again and again and again it's it's directed it's commanded it's taught it's exemplified and right here we find this really interesting scenario where there's a group of people who had done something very similar mm-hmm. to the baptism that had been taught in acts chapter 2 mm-hmm. very similar they were immersed in water. Mm -hmm. It was an immersion in water that signified repentance. That's right. It was an immersion in water for the remission of sins. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what John. problem was it was based upon the authority of John. Mm -hmm. It was based upon the teaching of John. And Paul is pointing out that John himself said, you're supposed to be looking for somebody else to come. That's right. And so, When he is teaching these men and he's talking to them, he doesn't say, hey, it's okay, you did the best you could, you did what you knew, everything is fine, don't worry about this whole baptism thing. Instead, he taught them, just as Ananias and Sapphira had done with Apollos, the way of God more accurately, and how did they respond to it?
0: You know, much like Apollos, I mean, honestly, you find that Apollos is teachable, uh, and with these folks, when they hear this truth, they want to be followers of Jesus Christ. If this is the will of the Lord, let's obey the will of the Lord, and they are baptized. In the
1: name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. They were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, which brings up a topic, mm-hmm. the topic of re-baptism. Okay. Being baptized again. There are folks that uh, have come to me in time past, and there will always be this. That, that come to the idea that, you know what? I didn't get baptized for the right reasons. I need to be baptized again, I, I underst- or I need to be re-baptized. I understand what they mean by that, and and I appreciate what they're saying. I think we need to understand something, though, that when we're talking about biblical baptism, mm-hmm. there is no
0: such thing as re-baptism. I agree with you 100%. When you read the epistle of Ephesians, he's going through in the fourth chapter about the seven ones, we call it, there is one baptism. Now, let that, let that sink in when you think, who is it that received that letter? Oh, it's this church at Ephesus. It's yeah. some of these same people. Sure. Yeah. There's
1: not to, to enter Jesus Christ, John's baptism for the Jews and Jesus' baptism for the Gentiles or vice versa. Mm-hmm. There is one baptism. And when I have been baptized for the remission of my sins in the name of Jesus Christ, I do not need to be baptized again. Correct. If I have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins, then what I'm doing now cannot possibly be a rebaptism because I didn't do it before, and no matter what happened. Right. When we come down to this idea of one baptism you brought up there in Ephesians, it, it's an interesting statement because it says there's one baptism, but we can go through scripture and find multiple things
0: described as baptism. Well, right here we have a baptism of John and this other baptized, baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus. You've got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've got the baptism of Moses
1: in the sea and the cloud. You've got baptism for the dead, which we're not going to get into that today. A baptism but I, of fire. Baptism of fire. The word baptism merely means immersion. So when you're using that term generically, we can talk about a lot of things as baptism. But when we are talking specifically about this birth into Jesus Christ, this being born again, there is only one of those. And if I'm saying I never did that, if I'm saying that, you know, when I was 11 years old, I wasn't actually seeking the forgiveness of my sins. I wasn't actually responding to the authority of Jesus Christ such that I need to do this again. I need to do this now. Then I'm not doing it again.
0: I am saying I never did this before. There's people who say, uh, baptism, of course I was baptized. I was a little baby and my parents took care of that. You know, I, I, I was sprinkled in, in the confirmation, or excuse me, not in the confirmation, I was, I was sprinkled at the christening, right? Of course I'm baptized. Which
1: demonstrates this issue of baptism, and that is that baptism is a particular action for a particular purpose based on a particular authority. We see those three things that are part of baptism. Number one, it's immersion in water. Mm-hmm. Number two, it is for the purpose of remission of sins. We see that in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. It is not as an outward sign of inward grace. It's not to demonstrate to the world that I was already saved. It's not to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. It's none of those things. In Acts 2.38, the very first time they're teaching this baptism of the new covenant, it is a baptism for the remission of sins. And it's an authority, in the name of Jesus Christ, it is not a baptism in the name of Joseph Smith. Right. So you know there's the Mormon or Church, John the Baptist, or John the Baptist. Uh, the Mormon Church, I think, teaches what we would say they, they would say the words. This is baptism for the remission of sins, but it's done based upon the authority of Joseph Smith. Wow. That is not our New Testament baptism. Not at all. Okay. So we we're not going to say that. I'm also going to say, and I'm and I'm getting ahead of myself. We're gonna we're gonna kind of come back to this in a couple of days there there's the religious group that will tell you that it's only biblical baptism if you say the word jesus mm. they've added to and restricted it's they've they've misunderstood what doing something in the name of jesus is and they're actually not doing it in the name of jesus even though they make a very big deal out of you've got to say the name jesus I get it. we're talking about the united pentecostal church mm-hmm. that that's oneness. that idea the oneness pentecostal yeah. churches. thats their deal. They've misunderstood the name of Jesus. and And even though they're making a big deal out of the word Jesus, they're not actually baptizing upon the proper authority. We need to understand that baptism is more than water. Baptism is more than having done something similar. Baptism is doing what's commanded. And what we find in scripture is if you want the gift of the Holy Spirit, you need to be baptized in water for the remission of your sins, Mm-hmm. In the authority of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and you will receive that gift of the Holy Spirit whether that 's the gift from the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit is a gift, I know there 's a lot of debate on that we 're not going to get in that now, but either way you don 't you don 't have whatever it is that Peter is
0: promising there if you haven 't had this particular baptism and you, and you don 't do it twice that's right there is one baptism and what we get is the identification here from God from the Holy Spirit the stamp of approval that this is the baptism that all need to follow because the Apostle Paul lays hands on them, they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and uh and and, and and what we see then again is here is the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts, I'm saying we see it again, is the Holy Spirit it comes as a demonstration that God is pleased, that this is the truth, that this is the way. On the day of Pentecost, when Cornelius obeys the gospel and the gospels for the gentiles now clarifying that the baptism the one baptism is in the name of the lord jesus christ and we find it here again well i tell you what it's been a great episode we'd love to hear what you're reading go ahead and send us an email text talk at christians and why don't we conclude with a word of prayer Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you so much for this day you've given us. I thank you for all those who are listening to the Text Talk podcast, and I pray that you would go with them this day. Father, I thank you for your word and for this truth. I pray that we might be humble before it. Father, help us to, as we study and read, to share this good news with other people. We pray for open hearts, Father, who desire that word and want to make Jesus Christ their Lord in faithful obedience in all things and truly to be baptized in the name of the Lord for the remission of sins become children of God. Father, we want this for your glory, for the growth of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians Who Meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at OccupEldridge.com. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day.